Good Sunday to everyone. It is Vince. It is FRPC Hoops. We are a little late this week in regards to getting you a podcast. There were some construction issues at the house, so we had to postpone it. And then we had some scheduling issues yesterday, and now we are here. So usually the pod comes out on Friday, and it's a couple days late today. My apologies to all those involved. We're efforting to get these pods to you as quickly as possible. On today's pod, we're going to focus in on uh, one specific team, um, the Lakers. And the reason why we're doing it is because I'm a Laker fan. Um, I haven't really been talking about my fandom uh, a lot here on the pod. So today is the day that I actually do that. And we're going to focus in on one specific thing. And it's the Lakers situation with their picks and how to use them. I'm going to give you a little background on everything and kind of paint a picture for you and kind of see where we are. We're not going to do the outlandish, crazy trades where, you know, the Lakers are getting uh, Giannis or uh, Siakam or Booker or whomever, Doncic or anybody like that. We're going to stay in a reality realm where these trades are going to be something they've either been talked about or we kind of reimagined them to get you a clarity of what the Lakers are looking for and maybe what they actually should be possibly doing. So I'm looking forward to this. So let's just get started. The Laker franchise have have one shot at this, okay? I know a lot of people are mad that the trade of Westbrook and everybody... It's gone. We can't worry about it anymore. The only thing we can do is press on, and this is what we have, and this is what we have to work with. So let's figure out what we can do. So with that being said, you're looking at a situation where there's a lot of people out there who do Laker podcasts. Um, I listen to pretty much everyone. Um, I have a lot of respect for the Trevor Lanes of the world. The Dan, the Laker fan, shouts out to Dan. And also, Alan Sliwa. I think he's been the most, I would say, real about where where we are and what we're looking at with this Laker team, right? So... I have respect for all those gentlemen and what they do. They they provide excellent content. Uh, it's a good way to stay up on the Lakers and um, just kind of get a pulse of where the fan base is. And we've been really annoyed and frustrated here in Los Angeles with the Lakers, with Rob Palenka, with Jeannie Buss, and the collective group over there and how they handled the off seasons of the last two years. Now, unfortunately they put themselves in this position by doing the Russell Westbrook trade because they had all the wing depth that they are looking for now. And now they don't, but we're not here to kind of provide solutions and solutions that will make sense. And it might not be 
what you think they are and it might not be exactly the way you saw it was going to go so let's give some background we're going to play this out the Lakers making that Boyan um, by Jonathan's trade or the long rumored Miles Turner Buddy Hill trade like how much better does it make you like truly Lakers fans I know that we've seen glimpses and we've seen this team play well and we've seen them lose to good teams and it gives us it gives us hope that they can be better that they can be amongst the teams vying for a championship but remember when we were good and I know it was a while ago but remember when we were good those are the games that we used to find a way to win when we had Kobe and we had Shaq, and we had Ori, and we had, you know, Derek Fisher and all these other guys. Those are the games that good teams win. They find a way. They might not have the energy they had that night, but they did find a way to win. We're just void of talent. Now, there's some blame on the front office there, right? Uh, there's some blame on a couple of the players that play for the Lakers, right? Because to sit here and, and have some sort of ignorance that LeBron James and or Anthony Davis do not have say in what goes on in the offseason would be absolutely just, I couldn't even do this to you. As somebody who wants to gain your trust as a podcaster and I want listenership and I, I couldn't do it to you. I couldn't even tell you that, yeah, I don't know if LeBron had anything to do with the Westbrook trade. Of course he did. But now that we're here and we're at that point, do those trades make you in the upper echelon of the Western Conference with the likes of Memphis and New Orleans and, you know, a lot of people believe that Golden State is going to turn it around and the Denver's of the world. And shout out to Denver. You know, they've been playing excellent basketball for a long period of time now. So they've gotten everything. They're as scary as I thought they would be a couple years ago prior to the Jamal Murray injury. But I digress into what we're talking about, which is the Lakers. So, again, I ask the question to you. Do you believe the Lakers to be a championship caliber team just on the backs of Miles Turner and Buddy Hill and or Boyan Bogdanovich? I think it makes them better. I think it gets them into playing possible six seed but I don't see it getting them to a three seed, a two seed, where they're really a viable candidate to come out the West. Now, I know as Lakers fans, this might be really hard to hear. But as somebody who's been following the Lakers since literally like 1979, honestly, like 1978, 79, I've seen a lot seen a lot with this team I love the Lakers they're my favorite basketball team um, you know win or lose you know I went through the uh, Eddie Jones Van Axel era you know the baby Lakers era obviously we just went through it 
So we've seen so many iterations of this team. What this is about is bad as I've seen the Lakers in a long period of time because this next maneuver is so important to the future of the Lakers. And that's why we're here to talk about it. I'm even, I think I'm going to actually call the pod Lakers therapy because it's just as therapeutic for me to talk about this as it is for you guys to hear it. Because I want to talk realistically about where we are. The Lakers are not getting Pascal Siakam. To my surprise, there isn't a disgruntled superstar forcing his way out of a current situation. We are keeping our eyes on Trey Young, though. We see you, Trey Young. But even with his uh, maneuvers, they just kind of cause a basically a dust-up in that franchise. But there is no nuclear winter fallout going on in Atlanta. Not as of yet, but we'll see how this goes down the road. Here's the other thing is that are you... There's no James Harden out there. There's not a guy out there who is looking and saying, okay, I need to be out. This situation is not not for me. We're not going to get to where we need to go. There's not that guy out there. And that's the type of guy that will change the fortunes of a franchise and put them in or out of a championship run. So with that guy not being out there, so what can the Lakers do realistically to either improve their team or is there another way of looking at this? Laker Nation, are you excited, truly excited about Josh Richardson? Are you truly excited about a 33-year-old Boyan Bogdanovich? Are you really excited about that? Does that guarantee you does that cement you a a chance or opportunity at the Western Conference Finals and or the NBA Finals I mean if you're closing your eyes and squinting and seeing a pristinely healthy Anthony Davis a spry LeBron James and a Boyan Bogdanovich who can stretch the floor 100% definitely could do that I just don't know if it still puts you in the group with Memphis, the Nuggets, and New Orleans right now. With Obviously, we, we hold respect for the Golden State Warriors and what they did last year and all the champions that they have on their team. There isn't a guarantee that an all-star is going to walk through those doors in El Segundo. It was a little more time that passed. Maybe there are different thoughts that are going on. Maybe these players in front offices get through a playoffs and now they have fresh data to look at to make decisions on what they need to do in the future. As a Lakers supporter, you know, this podcast will be all about the NBA. It'll be about different teams, what have you. But make no mistake about it, Nico is going to talk about the Houston Rockets. And I'm probably going to talk about the Lakers from time to time. So you guys can go ahead and, and start your drinking game now of how many times that Nico references the Rockets or if I reference the Lakers. You can go ahead and get that drinking game going right now. But as a supporter of the franchise, 
I would love for them to show restraint at this present time until there was something or someone that was more favorable that reveals itself personally. That's what I'm looking for. I know that grabbing a guy right now gives you instant gratification. It gives you that illusion that the needle is moving upwards. Obviously, if we grab a couple more talented players. Because let's be factual. The Lakers do not have a real rotation of useful championship caliber players. They've had to go into the veteran minimum the last couple years. And yes, sometimes you pull a nugget out of there and it works out for you. But it's not all the time. Lonnie Walker has been excellent this year. Malik Monk was excellent last year, but we're going to run into the same problem that we did with Malik Monk with Lonnie Walker. There's no question, okay? He is going to want more money than the Lakers are able to offer him unless the Lakers want to really delve in if they have cap space, depending on if they do something or not. And we'll get that to that in a few about their cap space if they choose not to do something. But you're looking at a situation where you're just repeating the problem over and over and over and over again. And I just do not understand why Kalinka cannot understand that he's he's chasing ghosts at this present time. I'm not going to give you what I think about it right now, but let me give you what the Lakers look like in 2023 and 2024. Right now, as it stands, they have LeBron James for $46.9 million. They have Anthony Davis for $40.6 million next year. They have Damian Jones on contract. It's a player option. And with him absolutely glued to the bench, he hasn't been able to raise his value. I would pick up that option if I was him, but we don't know. We'll see how it all goes. His salary next year is 2.5. And then you have Matt Christie, the second rounder from Michigan State, who's shown himself pretty well, at least being able to stay in front of people and have a little bit of size. He rebounds very well for his size as well. I love that. I love that about him. But he's on the hook for 1.7. Laker Nation, that is your 2023-2024 Los Angeles Lakers roster. As of right now. So we have four players on the roster going into next year. Are we looking at another bargain basement Kalinka spending spree? Where he tells us that guards are the are the new way to go and wings are not important is that what we're looking for in the summer of 2023 laker fans do not want to see that i'm just letting you know right now lakers fans want kalinka gone if i took a poll right now and i said blind they don't get to pick the guy do you just want kalinka out not knowing who the next person is And I will tell you that Lakers fans would resoundly say, yes, they want Palinka out. Now, 
right here, we're trying to show both sides. He did build a championship roster in that bubble year. Now, we can say luck. We can say all kinds of things. But you know what? A ring is a ring. They got one. And here it is. So, if you're not a Laker fan and you're a Laker hater, just know it's still a ring. They have one. There's a champion for that year, whether you call it a bubble championship or not. There is a champion for that year, and it's the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, when we were talking about salary cap, this is what the Lakers are looking at if they do not make any trades going into next year. Approximately $34.3 million as of right now. Think about that. That's $34.3 million for 11 roster spots. Okay? That's not a lot of money. It's literally, what, like $3 million per guy? A little bit more, like $3.2, $3.1 per guy? That's not going to get it done. You need talent, especially if you're trying to hold on to this championship caliber around LeBron and AD, you need to figure out a way to get this done. And there's no way that you're going to get a max guy for 34.3 and then build the roster around AD, LeBron, and whomever this new guy is. And then we're going to have a bunch of veteran minimals again. That concept doesn't work. Trevor Lane spoke of something, and I believe Alan Sliwa also spoke of something. The Lakers lucked into what the new model is a couple years ago, where you have the two superstars shooting defense, and you play that way. Now, you can augment it, right? With Anthony Davis moving to the center spot, and it seems like he's okay with it. I wouldn't say that he is absolutely thrilled with it, because he's not. But if he's okay with it and your team is winning and he's getting paid, you might be able to keep him there. So you might be able to augment this with wings, a couple more wings, right? Well, how do you honestly believe you're going to get that? A wing is going to cost you at least 25 mil. That leaves you with, what, 9 million left? Now, what happened is that wing cost you 28. Now you got six. Okay. The Lakers are stuck, and I think what they need to do is I think they need to look at some of their contracts that are one year, and they need to turn those into guys that are two- or three-year guys where they can get bird rights on them or whatever. You have Lonnie Walker, who is $6.5 million against your cap. You have Kendrick Nunn, which is five point two against your cap. You have Patrick Beverly at $13 million against your cap. None of these players are going to be here next year. So what are you going to do? What's the choices? You're going to resign them? You don't have the money to do it. You're going to need bigger fish, obviously, right? If you're a Laker fan, you've heard from people like Trevor Lane and Sliwa how much time has LeBron left as a top player? You've heard that. If you are a Laker fan, you consume a lot of Laker content. Alan Saliwa, the Kamenisky brothers, I'm sorry, the Kamenisky brothers and Trevor Lane are your go-to people. 
And they've said time and time and time again, the iron is hot. You have to strike now. LeBron is not getting any younger. He is playing unbelievable basketball. I would just like to say he's just playing great basketball, not unbelievable. He's been doing this for years. We just didn't think at 38 he would be doing this. But that's our problem, not his. He's just awesome at basketball. At this point, LeBron, in his historic career, punting on a year just doesn't seem like something you want to do. It doesn't seem like something that would be palatable for everybody involved. You want to see them go all in. Here's the problem. There's nothing out there that is going to legitimately put them in that realm. And I'm going to say it, Laker fans, and I probably will get LeBron haters to come at me for this, but it's okay. Because we're trying to build a team here. And this is my first real comment on this situation. I don't care how good or great or influential LeBron is at this point in time. You should not build your team around a 38-year-old man. I don't care how great he is. LeBron has missed like 20-plus games since he's been a Laker. Okay? He had that break in the bubble that was able to fuel him to the finals. We're not even talking about AD's injuries. We're not even going there. The face of the franchise for the Los Angeles Lakers, make no mistake about it, is LeBron James at this present time. There's this whole deal about passing the mantle and doing all this and... Okay, so now we're going to get into a quote that Palinka said earlier this year, and a lot of Lakers fans have been laughing about this for a long period of time, but uh, Palinka said it was a guards league. That's why he went out and got all these little itty-bitty guards like your Patrick Beverly's of the world, Kendrick Nunn, who was here last year, uh, Dennis Schroeder, and so forth. Lonnie Walker's not that tall. It's like 6'4". So. But he said that. It's a guard's league. Here's what we'll say so far about what has gone on. I don't know when the change happened. I have no idea what tilted the axis of power. But this whole year, Palinka has been acting very shrewdly with these picks. He's been telling everybody, everyone, that... We're not trading these picks unless it's, a, it's an all-star. And I think as fans, I don't think a lot of people believed them. I think they believed that LeBron would put pressure, Clutch would say something, and Palinka would fold, and Miles Turner and Buddy Hill would be Lakers. But I think Jeannie Buss has had a lot to do with that, and we have stood firm on not just obliterating our future. I like Miles Turner as a player. He's solid. Buddy Hill's a really good shooter, good volume three shooter. But I don't know if it moves the needle enough, even with the brilliance of LeBron James at 38 years old, even with the the all-star caliber play of Anthony Davis um, when he was healthy. That guy was a monster, and I can't wait for him to get back, honestly. But if you're looking for a a 6'7", 
to six nine guys for those two first round picks this year, he's not available. And you're not getting it with two picks. You're not getting that with two picks. If Mikhail, if Mikhail Bridges of Phoenix became available right now, there's no way the Lakers would get him with those two picks. Somebody's going to get him with like four picks. You know, shout out to OKC, Utah, New York. Who else has picks? There's another team that has picks too. But in a couple years, we're going to have a draft where it's a, oh, New Orleans. I'm sorry. I had a, uh, (laughs) I have a traumatic situation with New Orleans because they own the Lakers picks. But those four teams are going to own the draft for like the next five, five years. Because they got so many picks involved in the whole situation. So now, where do you go to make this team better? What do you do to make this team better? Now, the one thing that Lakers fans have in common, and the one thing that we can always point to as Lakers fans, is that the scouting department for the Lakers has been excellent. Not just this year, but for a long period of time. Credit those in the scouting department staff, Jesse Buss and the crew, right? They found players such as Alex Caruso, Jordan Clarkson, Austin Reeves, Max Christie, Thomas Bryant. Remember, Thomas Bryant was a Laker first. Then we got rid of him because we brought in JaVale McGee. But Thomas Bryant... Our scouting department looked at him and identified him as a player and somebody who could help the Lakers. And look at what Thomas Bryant, Thomas Bryant is doing for the Lakers now. I mean, he's playing well. If your scouting department is really the most successful part of your organization at this present time, I think what you, what I would do, this is me. Okay, so this is me. I'm not telling you what Polinka is going to do. I don't have any knowledge of what, well, I have some knowledge, but not a lot of knowledge of what they're thinking of right now. But if I was the Lakers right now, I would have have the scouts look at the last two drafts. I have Jesse Buss in the scouting department see if there was somebody that they had a high grade on that a a current franchise is underutilizing or do not know what they have. And then I would attack there. That's how I would attack. Keep in mind, you got three pretty reasonable contracts that you can do something with. Kendrick Nunn, Lonnie Walker, and Patrick Beverly. Those three guys you can do something with. And if you turn those guys who are one-year contract, two, three years left on their deal, now we're in a situation where, okay, we're building a roster. We've identified these guys in the past as somebody that could help our team. Those trades are out there. Can the Lakers mine for those? Can they stay patient? Can they stay to the plan? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be fluid because obviously if a superstar comes available, 
you know, again, I say, do you have enough picks for what would be available out there when it does come available? Here are my things that I would do if I was Polinka. Number one, patience with the Westbrook. Westbrook has stabilized enough off the bench. And if the rest of the roster is healthy, maybe Westbrook's warts in the fourth quarter in crunch time don't show up as much because he's playing less minutes. Right now, Lonnie Walker's hurt. Austin Reeves is hurt. You know, obviously, AD is hurt. So we have some guys down. And it's one of those situations where Westbrook has played well. But there's been some times where he's made some plays and we just shook our head. He's very cavalier with the basketball in the fourth quarter. And you just cannot give away possessions, especially if you're down by three, up by three. There's so many games that the Lakers have been in on in this year where you can't fully expect to get all of them. But you would love to be about 500 in those games. And the Lakers aren't. There's a lot of games where they're lost by two possessions, one possession. You know, something goes right here. You know, we're complaining about the refs there. And, you know, they didn't make foul calls on LeBron. They didn't make foul calls on Westbrook. Well, if you handle your business early, you don't even have to worry about this, right? If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Okay, so my thing is, is that with incoming healthy players, maybe you can minimalize Russ's warts and now you have them, but you got to stay patient with them. And this is the reason why I'm still seeking to get off Russ. Make no mistake about it. As the season gets closer and closer to the... February 9th deadline. Maybe Westbrook's salary becomes more palatable to other franchises. I'm looking south to see if I can be a conduit to roster and cap flexibility for the Atlanta Hawks. And exactly, that's exactly how Kalinka should structure this conversation as somebody being an agent before Kalinka should structure the conversation by saying allow us to be a conduit to your cap flexibility and roster flexibility instead of going in there and saying hey you got a couple dudes that we covet and what is it going to take to get those guys you don't have the S the assets to play around like that anymore. You have to come correct and you have to start spinning this thing positively in your direction. Now, as the clock ticks closer to February 9th, this is going to be a lot easier because there's going to be some teams looking to clear up some, some situations on their books. There's going to be some teams that are looking at the situation going like, can we get down to the six worth? Worst, uh, you know, uh, record in the league to improve our, our lottery odds, you're going to have a lot of that. 
So if the Lakers can stay patient, I'm not saying that you're going to get rid of Westbrook without anything, but maybe we can get off of this, hey, it's going to take a first-round pick just for us to take Westbrook and then another pick for us to give you back something. Maybe we can get away from that situation. And if the Lakers continue to play the patient game and these teams start to panic going like, they're not blinking. They have not blinked all year. So maybe we need to go ahead and reassess what we're actually asking for and see, because see, here's the thing. You might not have a bunch of free agents next year, but that cap flexibility helps you in a multitude of ways next year. If you're a team that takes on a bad salary next year, you can demand a first-round pick. Like, hey, price of doing business. You want that dude off your roster? We'll take him, but we're going to need a first-round pick. Or maybe you're saving that cap space for 2024, 2025 when the free agent class is a little bit better a little more robust uh you know what your your cap situation is going to be the tv money's going to be coming in at that time so you'll have a good estimation of what the actual cap is going to be and how much you can spend so yeah maybe you're a year ahead but it might give you some advantages that other teams do not have so that's, if I'm the Lakers, if I'm Kalinka, that's how I'm spending it. I'm spending it is allow us to be the conduit to allow you to have financial flexibility and roster fe- flexibility going into next year. You get Russell Westbrook off your books next year. That's $46 million, $47 million off your cap. Now, depending on what your cap situation is, maybe that gives you, you know, $60 million of cap space. I mean, three $20 million players sound really good for any team because you know what happens with that? That raises your level. You know, that also keeps you keeps you in a good situation if you have an injury because you have these three dudes that you know can play, right? Now, some $20 million can't see Evan Fournier. He just doesn't play defense. That's what it is. No shots. Look, Fournier, you you didn't need to take that stray. That's on me. That's on me, Blair. All right. So that's the first thing, right, is see if I can get off that $47 million. Now, I told you the team that I was looking at. Let's talk about some of the players that we're looking at, okay? The targets for Atlanta are... John Collins, Clint Capella, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Not likely it would happen. Not likely you can get Collins and Bogdanovich from Atlanta without giving up the picks. So that's one to think about. Now, would you do something like that? Would you take on Collins and Bogdanovich for the two picks? And Westbrook helps Atlanta a little bit. Now they can go out and get the 
the wings that they need or the big person they need or to cultivate uh, a Kongu more. Maybe we go to a smaller lineup where DeAndre Hunter is playing the four with his, his versatility. We don't know. But it, those be the players that I would look at if I was the Lakers, if I was swinging big and you're helping out Atlanta. Now, this is a, it's not likely at all. Let me preface by saying this. We are not trying to put like crazy trade speculation out in the air, but I'm just saying those are the three guys that you would target in Atlanta. Those are the three guys that they are willing to give up in Atlanta. You might not be able to get all three. You might be able to get two. You might not even be able to get one, but have the conversation with Atlanta, especially right now with Landry Fields taking over and Travis Slink gone. Landry Field is making those decisions. Travis Schlink has nothing to do with it at this point. Landry Fields is making those decisions. So take advantage of the young player personnel guy. At the very least, have the conversation of Nunn and Beverly for Bogdan Bogdanovich. At least have that conversation and see if they're willing to do something with some seconds. Now you might have to give up a first. Depending on where you are with that, is he is he the all-star? Remember the words. We're not giving up those picks without getting the all-star back. And especially if you think there's gonna be no protection on these picks, we're not getting we're not giving up these picks for a non-all-star and it's not protected. That's stupid. We're not doing that. But the more likely trade, the more likely person that you're looking for in that deal is Bogdanovich. I love Bogdanovich. I think he would be a welcome addition to the Lakers. He's 6'5", 6'6", so he has some size to him. He does play pretty good uh, positional defense. Um, He definitely understands rotations. And he's a good secondary facilitator, and he can knock down shots. So this is all that you could ever want. If you're the Lakers, this is a guy that you should be looking at. Now, if you want to go a little bit different route, right? If you want to go a route that is less travel, but we've been here before. If you're a Laker fan, you've heard you've heard this team before. Let's take a look at Charlotte. Now, mind you, when I say this, I'm going to tell you right now. Laker fans don't get too excited. The first piece of business is that you tell Mitch Kupchak, hey, we're taking back Gordon Hayward for you. We're going to take that $30.3 million off your hands for you. So that's the basis of the trade, right? We're getting rid of Westbrook. We're going to take Gordon Hayward back. Now, whether he plays for us or not, he's not the centerpiece of the trade for us. And let me get to this right now. This is where we swing big to get rid of Westbrook. 
We have $17 million left if we're trading Westbrook and we're taking back Hayward. This is where your scouting department is absolutely critical in this part of the trade. You have two ways of going. If there's $17 million left, there's two ways to go. Can the Lakers get the coveted wing in this deal with the Hornets? Maybe. Who do your scouts like in the last couple draft cycles? And, and also, let's not get greedy with Mitch Kupchak. Let's not try to do some five-for-one crazy deal. We want Jalen McDaniels. We want this guy. We want that guy. No, listen. There's two ways of going about it. You're going to get one young player out of this deal, maybe two, depending on how it works. So you have to decide on which way you want to go. So there's two ways of looking at this. So here, here are the two ways. You're taking Hayward. That's, that's a non Starter, that's a non-negotiable. You're taking Hayward. That's $30.3 million. You're taking that right off the bat. Boom. Now, do you go, based on your scouts, do you go the P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels route? Because that would mean that you would take back Mason Plumley as well. So you would trade Westbrook and you would trade for like P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, Gordon Hayward, and uh, Mason Plumlee. Now, you might have to throw some minimals back so, you know, roster construction can make it work. But at the end of the day, they're going to waive Westbrook. They're not going to have him on the team. So they'll figure out their roster. So... One trade is Westbrook for Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniel, and Mason Plumley. Now, the other way of doing this is this. Does your scouting department have a high, a high grade on Mark Williams, the rookie out of Duke, the center out of Duke, who showed some capability of shooting threes. He's an absolute skyscraper. He'll block shots, but he's young. So how that trade would look is you would take Gordon Hayward, you would take Kelly Oubre Jr., and you would take Mark Williams, who is also the Miles Turner alternative. So, Laker fans, you know I got your back when it comes to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're not just out here just running amok. Okay? So, those are the couple things. These are realistic things that the Lakers can do. All right? I told you this wasn't going to be a pie-in-the-sky thing. Now, here's the thing. There are people out there who believe that uh, Kyrie is coming to the Lakers in the offseason. I do not believe that. First of all, there's no way in hell he's taking $34.3 million, which is your complete cap. Your complete cap. Now you can do what? Mid-level? And what? the You can do the full taxpayer as well? So you can do the the mini mid-level and the taxpayer. 
So you pay somebody like six and twelve. You can get decent players with those. But you only have like three or four people on your team still. This way, if you do it this way, and listen, this is a suggestion. As a Laker fan, as somebody who I I'm in these streets, man. I'm in them. I hear you guys. I know we are suffering. And you guys are suffering as, as Lakers fans. I understand what you guys are going through. This is a hard year. Nothing was worse than last year, but this is a hard year because there's a lot of close games. There's a lot of W's left on the table for the Lakers. And I understand just that 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 titillating, tantalizing situation of just, man, if we can just get Bogdanovich from Detroit or we can just get this guy or we can do that Miles Turner trade. Hey, man, I hear you guys, but I'm just at a point where I think the Lakers need to start looking at long-term sustainability. And the only way to do that is to look at what you have, look at what is going to be with you next year, and start trading accordingly. Those three guys, just as a just as a FYI, they come up to about twenty two point eight million. So if you think about it, if you got two guys that were maybe undervalued that you keyed on in the draft, and let's say those guys are making somewhere. Anywhere between seven to twelve million dollars, right? You might need to break it up into two trades. You know, these guys might not be on the same team. But if I'm Lakers fans, if I am a trade machine addict, those are the type of trades that I'm looking for. Is someone who has been undervalued by their team. Go back into the archives and see if the Lakers had like a cool draft grade on that guy or they were really excited about him in a workout. And those are the guys that I would go and target for the Lakers. Preferably guys with a couple years left on their contract so you can get the bird rights and start building this team out. Because you know what? It's a lot easier going into the offseason having like at least five to six guys and then filling out your roster there because now all you're looking for is bench people anyway. But if you're going to go into the offseason next year and you need to replace 11 people, that's that's not a recipe for success. There's no continuity being built. There's no, um, you know, there's no familiarity with the players. It's just a lot of mess. And what we're trying to do is clear up some of the mess that's going on with the Lakers. So this is my way of doing it. I would suggest that Lakers fans, please, Send in to me. Send in to uh, FrontRunnerPC at Twitter on Twitter. So it's at FrontRunnerPC 
on Twitter. Send me some of your suggestions. Get creative with it. Um, you know, again, if you're trying to do the Westbrook trade, don't look at the Westbrook trade as, okay, we got to get this big salary and he's going to help us and he's going to be the big piece to, to help us back. It's not going to be Westbrook for Kyrie. But what you want to do is you want to take back something that they don't want. I understand. You're like, damn, why do we want to take something back that they don't want? What you're trying to do is get that diamond in the rough player that has two or three years left on his contract that they're not using. And there are a ton of guys out there that are like that. And I think that's the way the Lakers can be built and be sustainable. And then you add your all-star piece when 2020, uh, 2024, 2025 comes around. So that's my take on it. Let me know what your take it uh, take is on it. And uh, we got to get to these football games because tomorrow there's a pod for the football. So stay tuned for that. I got a ton of notes on that. Um, enjoy your Sunday. Again, we apologize for not getting this pod to you out on Friday, Um, but things happen, and here we are. But you guys have an incredible rest of your Sunday. Again, we here at FRPC, we thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. Please interact with us on Twitter. Um, Nico is at Nico FRPC at Twitter. I'm FrontRunnerPC on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk to you Monday, which is tomorrow. You guys have a good one.